0: Thanks so much, Nathan, and um, yeah, it's a real honour and privilege to uh, share with you this morning. Now, uh, let's quickly pray, and then we'll uh, and then we'll go from there. Father, we uh, we thank you for this time of worship and praise and honour to you, great God. And uh, it's so right that we do that because um, you're a powerful and a mighty God. And God, um, in this time, I just in the, in that time of worship, I just sense, Lord, that. Um, a sense really to pray Father, that you would open our hearts up uh, for what you want to say, and that there may be some barriers or walls um, that are up in our hearts and lives that preventing for what you want to do in our heart and I just pray God that that you would smash those walls down those barriers down that you would open up our hearts uh, for what you want to say, great God um, father you want to um, you want us to experience life and life to the full and Lord, the only way we're truly gonna discover the fullness of that is if we're willing to surrender to You, to hear from You and to obey You, great God. And so as Your Word goes out, this can't be by me or by man. Holy Spirit, we pray that You would speak to our hearts this morning, great God. We know that you're powerful and mighty and we just ask that you would speak to us. We need you, great God. We've already heard that this morning. We need you in our own personal lives. We need you in this church and of course we need you in this nation and beyond, Father. And so great God, thank you for this time as we pray for revival. We pray this morning that very same thing that you'd revive our hearts. Oh, how we need it, great God. Come Holy Spirit, speak in Jesus' mighty name, amen. We are in a little series at the moment as we've been looking at 21 days, praying for revival. And so we are in this series at the moment, looking at uh, some of the revivals and and speaking about uh, revival. I came across a story. uh, This is by a Western missionary who was in 1907 and there was a powerful move in North Korea. And he describes uh, this move. He says, as the prayer continued, this was in like a service. He says, as the prayer continued, a spirit of heaviness and sorrow for sin came down upon the audience. Over on one side, someone began to weep. And in a moment, the whole audience was weeping. One person after another would rise, confess his sins, break down and weep, and then throw himself to the floor and beat the floor with his fists in perfect agony of conviction. Sometimes after a confession, the whole audience would break out in audible prayer and the effect of the audience of hundreds of people praying together in audible prayer was something indescribable. Again, after another confession, they would break out in uncontrollable weeping and we would all weep. We could not help it. And so the meeting went on until two o'clock in the morning with confession and weeping and hundreds stood with arms outstretched toward heaven. Every person forgot every other. Each was face to face with God. I can still hear that fearful sound of hundreds of people pleading with God for life and for mercy. And this morning I'm convinced that as I share with you this morning, this is exactly what God wants to bring to your own life. He wants to bring life. But the only way you're gonna experience life and life to the full is by uh, surrendering to Him. He wants your heart and He wants every aspect of, uh, every aspect of it. He, he, he doesn't want, you see, there's elements of our life that we give over to Him. There's aspects that we say, yes, He's Lord of my life in this area, but He wants every area of your life. He wants your heart. And, and, and we, look, we look for the peace and the contentment and the joy so desperately that our heart desires. We look for it in all sorts of things of this world, but the world has let you down. And you've looked for it it in business, you've looked for it in relationships, you've looked for it in career paths, you've looked for it in money, and time and time again, you've been let down. But you will never experience fullness of life, anything outside of God. You will not experience it. I don't believe God. I'm I'm convinced that God is not a liar. He doesn't lie when He says, um, if you want life and life to the full, it's found in me. That that's what He came for. He came to give you life. He came to give you life and life to the full. If we want revival, it starts within here. If we want revival, it starts within our own hearts. Yes, I can share some stories about revival, but that's not going to help. That is not going to bring revival. In order for revival to take place, it begins in our hearts. And God says, I want your heart. I want your heart. And this morning is an opportunity to to surrender your heart. This morning is an opportunity to say, God, I need you desperately in my life. And He gives you that opportunity today. And some of you say, oh, but I've walked with Christ for 20, 30, 40, maybe 50 years. I know Him. But, but what happens is, is we become stale. What happens is as we start to sink back into the old ways of life. What happens is we start to neglect to trust Him in areas of our life and we take back control. But God says, don't control your life. Let me control it. Let me show you what I can do in you and through you. That's revival. As Charles Finney speaks about, revival is a saturation of the presence of God. It is a saturation of the presence of God. You know, revival, this word revival, it's been spoken about in churches, revival and awakening, this buzzword that's been thrown around for so long. But revival is a, there can be so many misconceptions. Revival is not uh, you know, an outworking of the Holy Spirit in the community and droves of people coming to faith. That is the result of revival. That's what happens when revival comes. Revival is an awakening of our own heart, where our hearts, our my personal heart is revived. And as my heart's revived, then it, it's like a ripple effect takes place. The person beside me catches that and says, I want that for my life. Their heart's revived and then the next person, the next person, revival starts in the church. It starts at home. It starts in your heart. You need revival. I need revival. I need to be awakened to what God wants to do. Someone put it like this. Prayer is the burden of revival. Repentance is the breakthrough of revival. Evangelism is the blessing of revival. Holiness is the bounty of revival. But revival is an awakening to God Himself. As Finney says, He says, uh, sorry, as Paul Washer states, he says this, I don't want revival, I want Christ. And if we have Christ, there will be a revival. We have to be very careful that when we pray for revival, we're not praying for an outworking of God. We're not praying for, uh, uh, you know, we need to be clear on what we're praying for. If you want revival and you're praying for revival, what you're saying is, God, I want you. That's what I need. I want God, I need Christ in my life. That's a revival. And as He comes into our hardened hearts and He starts to break up the soil in our hearts, the hardness of our hearts, all of a sudden our hearts are being revived to the fullness of what He wants to do in our lives. And our hearts are revived and the the fire starts to be fanned. And then the revival starts. And then the outworking of what takes place in revival starts taking place. And lives are transformed, communities are transformed, nations are transformed. And how... Desperately, we need a transformation of God in this nation. The dry, parched land that it might be called again, the great south land of the Holy Spirit that we so desperately need. Oh God, this morning, revive our hearts. Revive us. We need this, oh God. It's not gonna be easy. Actually, as a matter of fact, just after the eight o'clock service, I sat with someone. As they began with tears in their eyes, began to share with me, they said, you know, I don't know about you, but this 21 days of prayer and revival has been tough. It's been tough as they pray. They said, because all this stuff's coming up in my heart. And I said, I know what you mean, but I said, it gets harder before it gets better. Because you see, God wants to deal with the deepest parts of your heart you don't even know that's there there's pride unforgiveness selfishness all these things that are taking place in our heart and says god says if in order for me to revive you in order for me to experience life and life to the full, I need to deal with this, I need to get it up, I need to break up the soil, I need to break up the hardness of heart and I need to reveal that and then when that is done, I can work in your heart and bring life and life to the full, that you, you want that, you want that for your life, but, but you, you can't experience fullness of life living the way that we are, having God kind of sitting on the fence. Uh, You know, I kind of allow God to be Lord of my life in these areas, but these areas I need to sort of keep control of. No, it doesn't work like that. He wants every bit of it. He wants every bit of your heart. And today is an opportunity to say, yes, God, I need to surrender that. You know what it is. He's already speaking to you about it. You know the area of your life. And He says, bring it to me today. And you say, I don't have the strength. I don't have the ability. You're right. You don't have the strength and you don't have the ability to deal with it. That's why you have to bring it to Him because He's the only one that can truly deal with those areas of your life that you can't deal with. He's the only one. He's the only one. He's the only one. You need Him this morning. I need Him this morning. We need Him this morning. We we need a revival and an awakening of God. This isn't easy. It's not easy. And it's gonna be tough and there's gonna be stuff that God's gonna bring up in your heart. And there may be weeping. There may be pain in your heart, but He needs to deal with it. He needs to get the stuff that you've suppressed into the darkness and He needs to get it into the light. And it's the only way. And you know, the enemy is brilliant. He said, he'll he'll say to you now, he's saying, keep it in the darkness, keep it in the darkness, suppress it. And and you think, oh, that's the way. But God says, no, you gotta get it into the light. Let me deal with it. Let me deal with it. I'm big enough. And there's no condemnation. There is no condemnation in Christ. There's no judgment. He loves you. He loves you so much, he cannot leave you where you are. He loves you so much, he wants to bring fullness of life. He loves you so much, he's got to, he's got to churn it up in your heart. He's got to bring it to the surface because he wants a better life for you. He wants more for you. He wants you to experience joy and peace and contentment but he can't unless he gets that stuff out, unless he gets it out. Recently, I was speaking to a couple that have experienced this very thing, a renewal and a revival of their own hearts. And as I share with them, sorry, not share with them, as they shared with me, only a couple of weeks ago, they began to say, oh, David, there's just so much stuff that God has dealt with in our lives. And there was two main areas they really spoke to me about. They said, there's there's been so much unforgiveness in our hearts, so much unforgiveness. And they said, "There's there's been so much pride. And God is beginning to pinpoint those areas. And they said, we've already gone to work at it. You see, it requires a response, doesn't it? He brings it up and then he says, deal with it. I'll help you in it. I won't leave you. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll help you and I'll empower you. A- and they've gone to work and they've, they've already sought out people that they've, they've said, well, uh, you know, forgive us, forgive us of these things. And they begin to deal with it, the pride they begin to deal with. And they said, oh, all this stuff, we didn't even know was there. We didn't even know was there. For some of you, you may not even realise it's there. Allow God to search your heart, allow Him to go through, to bring it to the surface, to bring it up into the light. It's not easy, it's tough, but this is what God wants to do in us. He loves you too much to leave you where you are. An elder in the Borneo church commented on the change he had witnessed soon after revival began in 1973. He said, This, he said, the services are so different from what I've ever experienced before. When the Holy Spirit comes down upon the congregation, people begin to cry out in loud wailing, sometimes 20 or 30 people at the same time, calling out under God for forgiveness of sins and some calling out the names of people with whom they have been quarrelling in desperate desire to get reconciled. I love this. He says this, many pending court cases have been cancelled because the parties involved have been reconciled in a very dramatic manner with tears and embraces of godly love. After the sin problems have been dealt with by the Lord and forgiveness granted, then the service goes on with loud singing of praises while tears of joy are still flowing down. Wouldn't it be amazing for our courts to be empty? For the police to not have anything to do? Because revival would come to our hearts. Forgiveness would flow. Crime would cease. This is what we need in our nation. This is, what, this is why we cry out to you, oh God, come Holy Spirit. We need you. A revival is nothing else than a new beginning of obedience to God, Charles Finney, Charles Finney says. An obedience to God. He's calling you today, yes, to confession and repentance, but moving on to a step of obedience to Him to say, oh God, search my heart and I need to respond to you. He wants your heart this morning and He wants all of it. You cannot leave any behind. If you wanna be awakened to the things of Him, you've gotta give Him everything. You must give Him all. And as i was reading through the Old Testament recently, I just couldn't help but see Really, my, my own life in this, you know, often we can be critical of, of, we see God in the Old Testament, we see God in the New Testament, we think it's, He seems different, He's so gracious in the New Testament, He seems loving in the New Testament, and in the Old Testament, He seems like He's always condemning, and I don't, I don't see it. I see a God in the Old Testament is, is immeasurably gracious, extraordinarily gracious, extraordinary loving. The, the context of the Scripture that God gave me to share with you today, it's not a, it's not a, it's a tough Scripture for that matter. Uh, but, but the context and the lead up to this is here is God who has His chosen people, the people of Israel, who He loves desperately and God's desire and God's love, God's heart for these people is for, for them to love Him, to serve Him, to, to give their lives, to surrender to Him. And He wants to be their God. He wants to be their King. He, he just wants to pour out on their lives. And, and time and time again, as we read through the Old Testament, it seems like they fail and they fall short again and again and again, and they stuff up and, and, and they go their own way and, and God gets frustrated, but then He relents. It's remarkable. I, I, I can't help but see the graciousness of God. It's extraordinary. And they get to a point where they say, we want a king. We want a king like the other nations. And at the time of prophet Samuel, he says, no, don't do this evil thing. God, Yahweh, God is your king. And they say, no, we want a king of our own to lead us and guide us. And God's heart is broken and burdened because all he wants to do is lead them and guide them. He wants to be their king, but God's a gentleman. And so God, they have their way and prophet Samuel, he states these words, they're tough words to swallow. It's a scripture for us this morning. It says this, If you fear the Lord and serve and obey Him. This is Samuel 1, Samuel 12, 14. If you fear the Lord and serve and obey Him and do not rebel against His commands. And if both of you, uh, both you and the King who reigns over you, follow the Lord your God, good. But if you do not obey the Lord, And if you rebel against His commands, His hand will be against you as it was against your ancestors. Now then, stand still and see the great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest now? In other words, it doesn't normally rain in this season. Well, I will call on the Lord to send thunder and rain and you will realise what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you asked for a king. Then Samuel called on the Lord and that same day the Lord sent thunder and rain. So all the people stood in awe of the Lord and then end of Samuel. The people all said to Samuel, pray to the Lord your God for your servants so that we will not die for we have added to all the other sins of evil, asking for our King. Do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have done all this evil yet do not turn away from the Lord but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. Why? Because they'll let you down. Don't you see this is our life? Don't you see we've rebelled against God? Do not be afraid," Samuel replied. "You've done all this evil yet do not turn away from the Lord. This is the word of God to us this morning. Don't turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you because they are useless. If you chase the things of this world, it will let you down. It is useless. For the sake of His great name, the Lord will not reject His people because the Lord was pleased to make you His own. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. But be, be, be sure to fear the Lord and serve Him faithfully. With what? With all your heart and consider what great things he has done for you yet if you persist in doing evil both you and your king will perish i'm not saying this is an easy word for us this morning but what i am saying is this is the word of the god this is the word of god and this is what he wanted to say to us this morning he wants your heart he wants your heart he wants your heart this morning Don't turn to the right or left. Don't worship idols in your life. I'm not saying it's easy. What I am saying is that God wants your heart this morning. He wants you to surrender it to Him. Richard Baxter, a great preacher and writer, lived in England in the 17th century. At one time, he became a pastor of a church in a very difficult town. For three years, he preached with all the passion of his heart, but with little response. One day in desperation, he threw himself down on the floor of his study and cried out, Lord, why don't you do something with these people? I can't go on. If you don't do something, I'll die. At that moment, Baxter said it was this, he heard a voice speaking back to him. Baxter, you're working in the wrong place. You're expecting revival to come through uh, the church. Try home. This caused Richard Baxter to change his whole approach to ministry. He began visiting the homes of his members one by one. He would spend whole evenings with them encouraging them to have personal and family devotions and showing parents how to set up a time of family worship with their children. Gradually the spirit of God began to light fires of renewal in homes across his parish. It was not long before the fires swept through his whole church and revival came. The church became a powerful uh, became powerful and Richard Baxter a famous Name. It goes on to say many Christians want revival today. They are waiting for it to start in the church, but perhaps God is saying that it needs to start in our home, in our homes, and in our own hearts. This is what we need a revival of God. A revival is not just an emotional touch, it's a complete takeover. Revival is not just an emotional touch. It is a complete take over. He wants every aspect of your heart. I'm not sure why, but this past week, I have been speaking a lot in schools. It just kind of landed this week. This week by far was the biggest week in my life in terms of speaking in schools. And uh, I think, or last, well, if you collude last Friday, I suppose last Friday, I spoke to some of the staff at, at Northside Christian College, and uh, and then on Tuesday, I spoke at a school on the south side, and, and and you know, for me, it's always, what do you want to say, God? You know, I, I don't, I don't want to get up, I don't want to get up and say what I want to say. It's it's completely powerless, it's completely powerless, and it does nothing. And so, my prayer has always been, God, what do you want to say? Because when it's a word in season, there's power and hearts are moved and changed. And I don't wanna do, I don't wanna do this in my own strength. I don't, want, I don't wanna do this. I, I want only the power of the Holy Spirit to work. And so in the lead up, I said, well, God, what do you wanna say to these young people? And He says, just call them out. Call them out to surrender their hearts. Call them out, allow, allow me to, to, call them out to say, yes, I want Jesus to be Saviour of my life. And so all this week, I've been preaching on this very topic. I, I don't know why. But obviously it's a word in season. It's a word for this very week. And so on Tuesday on the south side, spoke in a school uh, and, and shared with them this, this message. On Wednesday, again, Wednesday uh, afternoon, spoke in another school. Then Thursday morning, spoke in a different school again. And Thursday afternoon, spoke three times in a different school. I mean, and, and then they said, can you, can you preach a, a sermon to the camera as well in our studio? And we're gonna send it to our other school. And, uh, and I thought, I hate, I hate speaking to cameras, you know, I hate it, and, uh, but, but God said, this is, this is the thing, you know, it, it, God says, I wanna take the, the very thing you can't do and I wanna use it for my glory. Then you'll never be able to take credit for it. I never wanted this for my life. I, I didn't wanna become a preacher. I couldn't do it, I failed every subject at school. I never got up in front of my school and gave an oral presentation. Why? Because I couldn't do it. And God said, that's the thing I wanna use. That's the thing I'm gonna take. And I'll use it for my glory and you will not be able to take glory. I don't stand up here because I wanna be a preacher. I stand up here because I'm just like everyone else, a hungry beggar looking to find bread. And I encountered the one who said, I am the bread of life. And I believe, and I believe in the same way, we are all hungry beggars looking for bread. And he says, I'm the bread, I'm the bread of life. Don't you see it, don't you get it? Don't hold back from me, because I don't hold back from you, I love you. And you can't stay where you are. I've got better plans, I've got more plans for you. If you'd surrender and if you gave me every aspect of your heart, then I could show you a better way. Why have you tried to, to do this so hard in your own strength? He has something better for you. Give Him your heart. And so all this week, I've been saying to these students, surrender your heart, surrender your life. Thursday, four messages on Thursday, Friday night, spoke at youth. And again, I witnessed one of the most powerful outworkings of the Holy Spirit. God, again, what do you wanna say? What do you wanna say, God, to these young people? He says, call them, call them out to say, yes, I want Jesus Christ to be Lord and Saviour in my life. And as I get up on this stage to... Share with these young people. These young people gathered. I just shared with them, and and it came a moment near the end, and I, you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't, I had no, I did, I had no thought of a response to be honest. I wasn't sure how it was going to unfold, but as I was preaching, I just sensed the Holy Spirit speaking to these young people's lives, and I could hear. Uh, the tears. I could hear the, uh, the, the crying in the front row and I knew that the Holy Spirit was saying, call them out. And I, I don't know why I did it like this, but I just sensed to do it. And I said, in this moment, some of you need to stand and respond to Christ. In this moment, some of you need to surrender and say, yes, I need to stand up. I need to stand up and say, Jesus be Lord and Saviour of my life. And I said, don't wait, Don't no, cl- eyes, cl- uh, no eyes closed, heads bowed. I just said in this moment, if you want that for your life, just stand up in front of your peers. It would have to be one of the most courageous and bold responses for young people in front of their peers to say, I need a saviour. I need a saviour. You know, you know, we think our oh, courage is just kind of trying to walk this out and not, not receiving help. Courage is standing up and saying, yes, I need help. That's courage. Courage is saying, I need a saviour. I need a saviour, that's courage. And what I witnessed was 27 young people in that moment stood up to their feet in their moment, in, in that moment, in front of peers and in front of friends, and they said, "I need a savior." And God met them where they were at. A remarkable response of God. Now, I just want to say, I didn't count. Cause I feel like, you know, God's very clear about being careful, not exaggerating or making it up or anything like that. I didn't count, I didn't stand on the stage and went through the numbers, oh, how amazing is this? But a leader told me afterwards, 27 young people. And I said to these young people, this is a powerful moment because many years ago, I remember at a Splash Out camp, I preached a similar sermon. If you're here today and you wanna stand up and receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour of your life, stand up now. And Pastor Travis Granger as a 14 year old boy He stood up that night and he said to me later, he said, I don't even know how I got to my feet. He said, I just stood up and I was on my feet that night as a 14 year old. And he's now pastor in this church. And as we prayed for those young people, I said, God, do it again, do it again over these young lives. May they be the future leaders, the future pastors, the future missionaries, the future leaders through business and communities and through this nation, great God. They are the future generation, the future leaders. This is not a work of man, this is a work of the spirit. And that's what we need, that God might revive these young people, that He might revive us. And so what you need, what I need is a work of the Holy Spirit. He wants to change us. He wants to change us. In revival, God is not concerned about filling empty chairs. He's concerned about filling empty hearts. If revival has been withheld from us, it is because some Idol, remain still enthroned. Some of you here, the idols are still set up in your heart and in your life. I don't know what it is, but you know. You know what idol is set up enthroned in your life. Do not delay, it needs to go. God says, do not delay. Today, now is the opportunity for that to go. Whatever idol is there in place of God, He says, get rid of it. It's got to go. Only I can be fully in your heart. If revival has been withheld from from us, it is because some idol remains still enthroned, because we still insist in placing our reliance in human schemes, because we still refuse to face the unchangeable truth that it is not by might, but by my spirit. Oh God, how we need your spirit. A true revival means nothing less than a revolution, casting out the spirit of worldliness and selfishness and making God and His love triumph in the heart and in our life. I don't know why, but yesterday afternoon as I was here, I prayed for you. I prayed for all of you. I came into this A1 building. I was Meant to preparing, I was meant to prepare for this sermon. And I I thought to myself, is this just procrastination? But I just sensed I need to pray. And I walked over here and I prayed through here and I prayed down every single aisle. And I prayed over every seat, sorry, not every seat, but I prayed, you know, over this, this area. And I came up on stage and I prayed over this stage. And I don't know. I just sense that there are some areas in our hearts that God need to deal with. To be honest, I'm struggling even to share it now. I don't really want to, but I just sense that they need to be brought up. There's an area of unforgiveness, and there's an area of pride. I know it's been there in my own heart and in my own life. Last Sunday night, responding, it's a great message of confession and repentance. And as I responded myself, I responded in a certain way. And just even the last few weeks, God has pinpointed an area in my own life that I realized I, I, I didn't even know was there. And God said, there is so much pride in your heart. I didn't even know. I didn't even realize And he's, in the last couple of weeks, He's just pinpointed stuff in my heart and in my life. He said, there's so much pride. I didn't even see it that's the thing, God's gonna start to bring this up in your own heart. There's pride, there's unforgiveness, there's selfishness in your heart. Some of you today, particularly men, this is what I felt to say. You need to go home and you need to ask your wife for forgiveness. Because you haven't been the husband that you needed to be. You need to ask your wife for forgiveness. Some of you need to, fall on your knees before your kids and ask for forgiveness because you haven't been the spiritual leader in the home that God has called you out to be. I didn't wanna say this, but I just sensed that's what God needed to say to some here this morning. And don't delay, go straight home and, and ask for forgiveness in the area of being a husband, in the area of being a father, to ask for forgiveness from your children, to ask for forgiveness from your wife. There's been areas, and maybe you've asked your wife to hang on, and the idol of work has been your God. And you've pursued and you said, just keep hanging on, keep hanging on. But there's going to come a moment where they just can't hang on any longer. And what they want is they want you. They want you to be the husband that God has called you to be, they want you to be the father that you need to be. That's what they need from you. And we've made excuses. God wants your heart. And He wants us to repent and respond to Him. It may be pride, maybe unforgiveness. It may be whatever it might be, God. You know what it is as God speaks to you this morning. And now is the time to respond. Now is the time to respond to a holy God. Open your heart up to Him now, don't delay Don't push it, don't don't suppress it any longer. He says, I can deal with it. Would you be willing this morning to say, oh God, I need you in a similar way, in a similar way as those young people stood up before a holy and righteous God on Friday night. They said, oh God, I need you in my heart and in my life. In the same way, now is the opportunity for you to stand and say, oh God, I need you as Lord and Saviour of my life. You said, I've known Him for years. This is different. This is different. You know, there's a difference between knowing about Him and knowing Him. You've, you've read the Scriptures, you've read the Bible, you've prayed throughout many years, but He wants your heart and He wants you to know Him more than anything else. And this morning, the time is now to say, I gotta surrender everything. He wants every element of your heart. So come, surrender before Him. Great God, we just pray to you now. We just come before you, oh God. And you're speaking, you're speaking to people. You're speaking to people's hearts. They know what it is. Right now in Jesus' name, we ask you to open up, crack open the hearts of our hardness. Oh God, we need this. This is revival. Come Holy Spirit, reveal the areas that we need to repent of now. Reveal the areas that we need to walk in obedience to. Great God, we need to respond to you. Revive us and awaken us. Break up the hardness of our hearts. Turn it from a stone to flesh. Turn it from a stone to flesh this morning, oh God. We need You. We need You, Lord. Holy Spirit, minister now into people's hearts as we get up from our seats, as we walk to the front, as we receive prayer, Holy Spirit, do what only You can do. All glory belongs to You, oh God. All glory belongs to You. In Jesus' Name, Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We need to respond this morning. We need to respond to a holy God. Don't delay, come down this morning We've got oil and we're gonna anoint you and we're gonna pray for you. And you can just lay it all before God as you come and you receive prayer. But don't delay. Come down now and say, God, I need you. I need you and we'll anoint you and we'll pray for you. Let's respond to our great God.